It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monday. It is the NBA Strategy Show. He is Greg Ehrenberg, otherwise known as Tinder Lake. I'm Adam Kaufman. Great to be with you here as we look ahead to tonight's seven-game slate, the association. But first, how was the weekend, buddy? Uh, not too bad. Uh, hung out with uh, hung out with my brothers, hung out with my dad. That was pretty much it. Uh, just pretty relaxing, nothing too exciting. So it was, it was good. So you weren't just glued to the track and watching the cars go round and round and round? No, I don't care about that at all. I know, like I was talking to Jordan about, but he was he was bemused by it. Now all of a sudden, he's a he's a closet NASCAR fan. He's telling me he's like, "Oh, don't tell anybody," but I like NASCAR now. I was like, "All right, I guess I'll I'll keep it between us." No, no Nothing big to deal. Be ashamed like, of Jordan. It's a very a popular bit. sport worldwide. Yeah, not not where we're from though. You know, no. like it's. It, I think I think it's a thing where if if you live like below below the Mason Dixon line, everybody sure. like it's just accepted you like NASCAR. But if you live anywhere above it, it's it's like totally taboo. Yeah, not a big deal in the Northeast, but I'll tell you what, if you've ever had the opportunity, you get the opportunity. If you're in the South and you can go to, uh, just go to a track, go to a race, you know, so it doesn't even have to be a, a Daytona 500. It doesn't have to be a big deal race when, you know, we get back to normal life and out of the pandemic and you can do such things. Just the tailgate in and of itself, great time, worth it, really is fun. It, is, is it any different than going to a tailgate at like a football game or anything? Like what's, what's So different? much different. How? So much different. Just the in terms of the clientele and the demographic, so much different. Football game tailgating is nothing like NASCAR or Indy racing tailgating. It's you got a whole new level of crazy at those events, which uh, which I'm here for. I am here for baby. It's a great like, like, time. Like Bills fan crazy. Bills fan crazy, but like that's that's like the bar, and then it goes above. So, I'll yeah. never go to one, but I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, no, you should. You should. All right. Well, let's uh, jump ahead and get your comments, your questions in, obviously. YouTube, the Osmo Premium Slack channel, whatever you're thinking as far as tonight's slate, questions that you have. And as we always tell you, it is important to know that, uh, I mean, you can put a dummy lineup in right now if you want to, but things are going to change and they are going to change immensely over the course of the next eight, nine hours. They always do. You know, surprise guys get ruled out or you just have the typical guys that are questionable and eventually they will either play or not play and then value presents itself. So don't lock yourself into anything that we say right now, because again, later on with the programming on the Osmo channel that will update you on everything that is happening. That being said, just big picture thoughts going into tonight. Do you have any? Uh, yeah, so I think this is like most slates I always talk about. This is going to be another probably really strong slate for late swapping because we have for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard's status is up in the air. He missed yesterday's game. Paul George's status is up in the air. He's been out for the last few games and there hasn't really been a recent update on him, but it seems he's questionable to play tonight. So if one of those guys plays and the other one sits, they're going to become a really strong play. If both of them are out, there's probably going to be a bunch of value plays that open up. We could be looking at Lou Williams as a really strong play. He went off last night, but it's another thing where at least at this point in the day, we don't know what the situation is going to be. However, it looks like there's going to be good plays from that game. And it stands to reason that with guys likely questionable heading into lock, just the field is not going to want to play a lot of those Clippers guys. If we don't have definitive information early in the day. So that is, that is going to be the key to this slate, in my opinion. 
some of the top plays from our guy Alex Baker, Osmo, of course, just taking a look at uh, what we've got. James Harden, Bradley Beal, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, DeMontis Sabonis, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine, Julius Randle. I mean, typical names that we're used to discussing here. Uh, who do you like most? Yeah, it, it's hard to not like James Harden the most as a payup option on this slate. Kevin Durant is is out again for the Nets. Uh, obviously, last week he was dealing with COVID issues. Now this week he has a hamstring inju- injury. I'm not exactly sure when he hurt the hamstring, but he's out for at least two games. And with him out, we're going to have to see James Harden play a, a bigger role again. He's going to have the ball in his hands a bunch. There's going to be a usage bump. He had some big games without Durant last week. And now we also have uh, have a situation where they have a really good matchup. They're playing against the Kings. The Kings are towards the bottom of the league in defensive efficiency. Uh, the game also has a very, very high 239-point total. Uh, the next highest total on the slate is 228 between the Rockets and Wizards. So, I mean, we're looking at uh, over 10 points difference in total between this game and the game with the next highest total. So James Harden usage bump in a really good game environment. He's going to be a guy that uh, we're going to want to play in cash games and is certainly going to be a primary target in tournaments as well. Some of the chat, not nervous about Kawhi. Believe he's going to be out there, just a rest issue. So again, that's a game, the Clippers, obviously, that we will get to a little bit later on. We remind you, hit the like, hit the subscribe button here on the Osmo YouTube page. We appreciate you. You want to keep up with all of our shows, DFS offerings, giveaways, whole bunch more. And once you subscribe, hit that notification button. You can get alerts when our shows go live. It's a busy day ahead here as well. This is far from the only show here. Even on a holiday, you will be kept very busy throughout the course of your uh, Osmo YouTube day. So do stay tuned with us. But first game, as we jump into this seven-game slate, you've got Chicago at Indiana. These are two fairly mediocre teams. In fact, that would probably be a compliment to the Bulls at this stage. And uh, it's, I mean, you always have Zach Levine. He is always appealing, obviously. And I'll go through some of the better options on, you know, projection side from Alex. But uh, what stands out to you first for the Bulls? Not much. Uh, so we have uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable to play. He, I'm kind of surprised that he's even listed as questionable because he, when he first injured the quad, they were expecting him to be out through the end of March. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, really no kind of reporting ahead of time. All of a sudden, Wendell Carter Jr. listed as questionable on the injury report. I think he's more likely to sit than he is to play just because the, the timeline is so out of whack with what we knew uh, before this injury report came out. So even if he plays, I think it's going to be limited minutes. If he's out, though, it doesn't really create any value because guys like Thad Young, Patrick Williams, they, they've all been priced up already for the situation that Wendell Carter Jr. is out because he's been out for such an extended period of time. Uh, so if he plays, it just makes it really easy to avoid all of the bodies in the in the Bulls' front court. Uh, as for other guys, Zach Levine is somebody who typically has a lot of upside, but if we look at the context of this slate, particularly starting with the FanDuel pricing. Zach Levine is 9,600, but then we have Bradley Beal at 9,800 against the Rockets and likely no Russell Westbrook in that game. So Bradley Beal is a much better option on the high end. Then we also have James Harden, who is only $1,000 more expensive than Zach Levine. He's a much better play on the high end because of Kevin Durant being out. So Zach Levine is just going to kind of get pinched out of my lineups in both FanDuel and DraftKings for that reason. He's at 9,200 on DraftKings mm-hmm. because there are other guys that I'd rather pay up for than him on this slate. Uh, James Harden, 10,700 on DraftKings. And then we could actually roster Bradley Beal for a less, express, a less expensive price tag on DK than Zach Levine. So you just kind of compare him to the guys who are priced around him. And he's not a priority play. He is uh, projected anyway for 5X value. We refer all the time to the Osmo tools. You want to obviously uh, get the Osmo Plus subscription, weekly pass. More than that, whatever, just try it out. You can try just the NBA if you'd like to, and uh, you can get a look at, you know, DraftKings, for instance. Zach Levine is, Greg said, 9200 bucks, projected for almost 5.5X times value or 5.1 anyway, right around 48 points, according to Alex. So that's, you know, one guy to think about, as Greg said, even if you want to view more appealing options as, uh, you know, better ways to build your lineup, that's totally fine. You could pay down a little bit here on this side. Kobe White, Patrick Williams, probably don't want to go to the likes of uh, Thomas Sadoransky, Thaddeus Young, uh, even uh, uh, Garrett Temple. But what about those other couple of guys, Williams and White? Yeah, so uh, the the issue here with um, with Patrick Williams, like I said before, is if Wendell Carter Jr. is going to play, mm-hmm. then his then the minutes of Patrick Williams are going to be directly impacted by that. So uh, Wendell Carter Jr. potentially coming back, that can mean Patrick Williams moves back to the bench. It could also mean that Patrick Williams plays less minutes. Those are definitely both things that I'd expect. Uh, they still have Otto Porter out. Laurie Markkinen's still out. But even with that, Wendell Carter Jr. coming back into the mix, potentially that would impact the minutes of everybody in the front court. 
All right, let's go to the Indiana side of things. Remember, get your questions in YouTube, Osmo Premium, Slack channel, whatever you're wondering pertaining to these games. Now, uh, there are certainly some options that, uh, you know, stand out here, whether or not they stand out enough on a seven-game slate, that's for you to determine. But Devonta Sabonis, who is uh, certainly a, a good option, projected for right around 50 points. You have Malcolm Brockton, who's always in that same conversation, the pay-down option at, uh, you know, roughly 1500 bucks cheaper, depending on the site that you're looking at. And he's a guy that can uh, is always capable of exploding, maybe doesn't have the same consistency as a Sabonis, but is a good play. Uh, there's Miles Turner as well, who's having himself a good year. Doug McDermott, who's coming off a great game. Who do you like here? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to get away from DeMontis Sabonis, who uh, the price has come up a little bit, but he's been priced incorrectly for a little while. Now the price has gotten back up to 9,100, but still, I don't think that's quite enough. Uh, like you said, project for nearly fan, uh, 50 fantasy points by Alex. He's going to be somebody that I'm going to get exposure to on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, the initial builds I did, I got to him around 20% on uh, both sites. So he's going to be the guy that I primarily want to target from Indiana. The other thing we really need to pay attention to here is Doug McDermott is questionable to play. And McDermott has played a pretty significant role for the Pacers over the last handful of games. He's been starting for them. And if you look at his playing time in the last two games, 30 minutes against the Pistons and 37 minutes last game against the Hawks. So if he's out, that's a whole lot of playing time to fill. And I assume that it's Probably not all going to go to one guy except uh, TJ McConnell, who's been playing a bigger role recently. He's somebody who could pick up a couple extra minutes. The guy that I'd be looking at the most in that situation would be Jeremy Lamb. I think that he would have to play uh, a pretty significant amount of minutes, and he's always been a good uh, points per minute fantasy producer in the past. And then Justin Holiday, somebody else who would probably have to pick up a couple extra minutes in place of Doug McDermott. So if McDermott's in, then I don't really think any of these wing players make for strong plays, but two guys that I am going to be looking at to get exposure to in tournaments would be Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday if Doug McDermott is not able to play. Brian says, Aloha, Koff and Greg, Team Awesome-O. Brian, aloha. Thanks for watching. Uh, Eric says, our own EMAC, uh, is Adam wearing a Snuggie? It, uh, it kind of fits that way, right? You can pull the, go all Wilson from Home Improvement, pull this up, stay, you know, hood up, stay warm. It's a really comfy sweatshirt, Greg. You got to try one of these. Is- is is that is that how snuggies work? I thought snuggies were like blankets. I mean, I'm I'm no expert. I just know <laughs> that it's important to me to stay warm at all times. The you know the the blood temperature it, it you know runs thin, runs cold. I'm cold all the time. I you know just the heat is blasting here in the basement. It's, it's wonderful. Not so great for the electric bill, but it's wonderful. Right, um, and, uh, yeah. let, let me just before we move on, let me touch on uh, Malcolm Brogdon who. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been weird for Brogdon as of late because his usage is still up. He just cannot make shots right now. He's been ridiculously inefficient from the field. And it's something that has to change sooner rather than later. Uh, I mean, if you look at his shots from the last few games, five of 13 from the field, eight of 19, five of 17, seven of 20, six of 15, five of 17. So we're looking at a guy who's shooting below 40% from the field in basically all of his games as of late. But the usage is still there. The usage is still over 25% over the last couple of weeks. So eventually those shots are going to fall. And Brogdon's price tag has come down a little bit from where it was earlier. So uh, Brogdon, who is currently projected for sub 20% ownership on both FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, he's somebody that I have a little bit of interest in. He's not going to be a primary play for me, but eventually those shots have to fall. There's such a large sample size of Brogdon being a really a high efficiency guard that it's, it's, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense what's going on with him right now. I'd be more concerned if the usage wasn't there and it was causing him to stop shooting. But since it's not deterring him, the peripheral stats are still there and he's still getting his shots up. Eventually, he's going to see some positive regression. They're going to fall and he's going to make for a good value. His price has come down by uh, a little over $1,000 on both FanDuel and DraftKings from where it was at three weeks ago. Uh, so I, I think he makes for a nice little buy low play. Staying with that, there are multiple times recently, I guess the last two, three Pacers games where, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it middle of the day, get closer to the slate and, you know, using fantasy cruncher, whatever it may be, lineup builder and putting together optimal lineups. And, and a lot of the times Sabonis and Brogdon are, are both showing up in there, at least one of the top options. And as we know, I mean, you can build out a hundred lineups on fantasy cruncher and, and, you know, the, the number one versus number 100 are separated by like two points. So there are a lot of different directions you could go in, but many times I'm seeing Brogdon and Sabonis both in an optimal lineup. And I don't know, that's something that sort of, I, I get scared away from that a lot of the time, just maybe it's a lack of trust and, and, and faith in Brogdon, like you're talking about. And sometimes it's just 
you know, looking at those two together, it's not the same as as if I, I don't know, put a lineup together that has Kyrie and KD or, or Harden and KD or, or whatever two of them are available, obviously, in a given night. So how do you feel about putting these two together, uh, at least in, in the case of tonight, where their salaries are still a little bit cheaper? Yeah, it, it's not a priority for me on this slate to play them together. Uh, Sabonis is somebody I'm going to get to with some regularity, but Brogdon is going to be in my player pool, but not a priority play. And the difference with getting to these guys in the same lineups um, like a week ago, say, is that we had Sabonis as cheap as 8300 And he still has a favorable price tag at 9100 but there's a big difference between 8300 and 9100 uh, And it's a little bit harder for both of them to have big games relative to their salaries when we have Sabonis priced over 9 k We have Curtis. Who starts if uh, Dougie McBucket sits, and are they good value? Yeah, if so... If McDermott's out, I assume that they would go to – let me look at the depth chart really quick. Um, I, I assume that it would be um, Jeremy Lamb moving back into the starting lineup. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, I'm pretty sure – I'm just going to check – has not been starting as of late. Uh, so, yeah, the last two games, we had uh, Doug McDermott start over Jeremy Lamb, except before that we had Doug McDermott coming off the bench and Jeremy Lamb had started something like – eight or nine games in a row. Uh, so I think we would just go right back to seeing Jeremy Lamb play the same role that he played before. And his numbers as a starter, I'll pull them up really quick, his splits. Um, here, so when Jeremy Lamb started this season, he was playing 25 minutes per game, and that was only amounting to 22 DraftKings points. However, if Doug McDermott is out and he goes back in the starting lineup, we have to assume he's going to play more than the 25 minutes he was averaging as a starter because there's so many Doug McDermott minutes to allocate to the rest of the rotation. So without Doug McDermott, I would anticipate Jeremy Lamb playing right around 30 minutes. And if that's the case, that would make him a good play. Uh, but if he's coming off the bench and McDermott's healthy, then not somebody we have to consider. The right pick says he is fading Brock. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Brogdon says his McConnell lineups have been his best lineups. And there are a couple other people saying that same thing. Yeah, McConnell's been great lately. Uh, the difference between him now versus where he was a few weeks ago is, is just salary related. So I know that he's ended up on the optimal lineup on uh, FanDuel uh, a few times recently. But he is now priced at 5900 whereas TJ McConnell a week ago was priced at 4600 so there's a big difference between rostering McConnell at 5,900 versus rostering at 4,600. He's somebody else who would probably pick up extra playing time if Doug McDermott isn't able to play. Uh, but at least at the 5,900 price tag, he, he's not he's not a priority play for me. Um, TJ McConnell, also some of the other numbers about him that I don't consider to be sustainable. Look at the last game. He had 12 assists, four steals, and two blocks. Uh, the game before that, he had two steals and a block also. So there's been some really high defensive stats for him that I don't think are going to carry over the assists also. Um, I'd have to look at his potential assist numbers, but I have to assume that when you're getting 29 minutes of TJ McConnell, he has to have an insane amount of luck to pick up 12 assists. Like he just had, it just has to be every pass he throws, somebody catches it and makes the shot afterwards. So I would, I would prefer to roster TJ McConnell when his price is down as opposed to when it's all the way up right now. And even though he was really good last game, if you look at some of his other recent games, uh, 27, 20, 35, 29, 32 fantasy points. Those are all really good results when he's priced at 46 or 5,200, but they're kind of just fair, just fair results when he's priced at 5,900. And that's kind of been ceiling games for him. Cause I don't, I don't expect him to continue to get like six steals and blocks. 
Folks, hit that like button. We're closing in on 100. Smash away. We appreciate you. And let's tell you about our sponsor, No House Advantage, taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, obviously, when that season is going, and uh, PGA, all for cash prizes. This exclusively peer-to-peer -peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash as compared with your traditional DFS sites. Best part, you can join for free today. You heard me. Join for free today. Won't cost you a cent. Download the No House Advantage app. Sign up using promo code AWESOMO and uh, get $25 in free play without having to deposit even a single dime. That's it. Beat your friends, not the house, and win big with player props today. A lot of fun. Certainly, we encourage that you do it. And again, hit that like. Get your questions in. All the good stuff here on YouTube and the Osmo Premium Slack channel. So a lot of good talk on the Pacers side of things. And keep that coming. We'll uh, you know circle back if we need to. But in the interest of time, here with you until 11 Eastern, let's go on to the next game. That is Houston at Washington. And beginning on the Houston side, John Wall, great spot for him, projected 6x value, very similar for DeMarcus Cousins. These two guys projected at 35-plus fantasy points. In fact, Wall closer to 50. You've got uh, Eric Gordon, Jay Sean Tate, also in good spots. Uh, Daniel House is in a solid spot. You could pay down P.J. Tucker, David Nawaba. Is this one of those games that stands out for you as a value opportunity? Yeah, and on both sides of the game. Uh, this is if, if you're looking to stack a game, this would be the one to target from the Houston side of the game. Uh, Victor Oladipo's out, and then obviously Christian Wood also remains out. John Wall is probably my favorite overall play on the slate right now, uh, at least in the initial builds I did. He's the player I'm getting the most exposure to. Uh, people are going to want to roster him just because it's a revenge game, and that's a narrative of him going up against the Wizards. What I like about him is that it's just a good spot because Victor Oladipo's out. So that means that we're going to see John Wall see increased usage when he's on the court. The other thing to consider also is that John Wall, who – uh, was on a minutes restriction for a little while this year. No longer the case for him. The last three games, he's played 35 minutes, 36, and 31 minutes. So we have him in a positive matchup going up against the Wizards. Uh, increased usage due to injury. So everything lines up for John Wall to be one of the top plays on the slate. It's a little annoying to me that people are just going to roster him because he's playing against his former team and just kind of fall into him being a really good play. But, I mean, everything lines up for him to have a, to have a really good night. It's, everything is perfect for him. How do you feel about the revenge narrative in this game? Either side, obviously. I mean, you got Wall, you got Westbrook on the other side. Uh, well, I don't think Westbrook plays tonight, so I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's going to be so uh, relevant. About him is what you're saying? No, it's so. I, I mean, if he plays, then I'll have to I'll have to. I, I don't care about revenge in general. I did a uh, I did a study on a couple of years ago, and basically, when players go up against their old team it has no impact on their fantasy output over the long haul. So there's going to be individual games where people play better than they normally do, mm -hmm. but there's also games where people play worse than they normally do. But over the long period of time, you could expect people to just average whatever their average fantasy production is going up against a former team. So it doesn't How mean there aren't... ranging was that study? Like, was it, was it on just revenge narratives? Was it all narratives? Was it, did, do you like birthday narratives? Are you just a guy who does not like to walk along narrative street in general? So it was, it was, it was literally just every player over the course of a full season playing against the team they used to play for and what their fantasy production was as compared to their average fantasy production. And it just, it just made no difference. So it doesn't mean that individual players don't care. Like I'm sure there are some players who are like, Hey, I'm playing against my former team. I'm going to take more shots than normal. Uh, except it's usually a story that's written itself after the game is over. So like Jimmy Butler played a game uh, against the Timberwolves when he first got traded from there. And this was like three years ago or something. And everybody assumed, oh, this is going to be a great revenge, a great revenge spot for Jimmy Butler. And they ended up taking like six shots over the course of the entire game. And then people just forget about that game going forward. And the next time that somebody has a big game against their former team, people go, oh, revenge narrative. Everybody, like everybody wants to play well against their former team. But the reality is that these are professional athletes and they're generally always trying hard. Right. There's only so sure. much effort. There's only so much effort. There's only so much effort to give. So there yeah. isn't a spot where if you're playing as hard as you can against the Hornets and then you play against your former team the next day, there isn't like 120 percent effort to give. So with that in mind, it's that's probably why it doesn't matter over the long haul. I'm sure there are individual players who it's like, oh, I'm going to take extra shots because I'm playing against my former team. Mm. Except it's not predictive before the event happens. It's only something we could rewrite the story on after it happens. Then there's other times where somebody plays bad against a former team. And somebody's like, oh, he was nervous going against his his former team. But yeah. it's just it's just kind of natural variance in in production and, and box scores. Yeah, I mean, there's 
of course, what you're saying makes total sense. And there are always going to be isolated cases. I'm just curious if, if you are a guy that ever subscribes to narratives in general, whether it's, I mean, clearly it's not the revenge narrative, but whether it's, you know, the birthday narrative, the going home narrative, the, you know, like Giannis on Greek appreciation night in the random city narrative, like stuff that we have, you know, celebrated over the years for people that just enjoy narrative street, which I do. And I'm not saying it drives how I build a lineup. I just enjoy the, the, the talking point. I like it, but is, is it something that, you know, we have El Negro Loco or someone in the chat had just said, I caught up the corner of my eye saying like, imagine building a lineup around, you know, a, a narrative. Is it something you just totally ignore? I buy into the narrative of Victor Oladipo's out, therefore John Wall gets extra usage. Like that's because that's that's something that I could actually apply numbers yeah. to. If it's if sure. it's just other stuff, like I don't know. Like what if it's like Luka Doncic is playing in Miami and it's his twenty first birthday last year? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or did he just get shit faced the night before and now he's hung over playing sure. playing? Like I don't know. It could be a good thing or a bad thing when it's somebody's birthday. I I don't know. Like I could see somebody definitely being hung over for a game. I could see. I don't know. I, it's not it's not something i could apply don't play any... james harden in cities with good strip clubs narrative. exactly and that was that was a very important reddit study that's that uh somebody did uh but i mean other than that no it's 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 really hard to apply actual numbers and have that change of projection because uh, a lot of it's noise and i assume a lot of the players aren't even aware those things are going on yeah makes sense anything else you want to cover on the houston side obviously before we move on yeah, Eric Gordon, he's also a good play. He's going to have to play extra minutes with Victor Oladipo out. We've seen him step up in recent games. I have no clue what to make of DeMarcus Cousins' minutes. Um, the The recent games, his playing time has been down, except the Rockstars are not playing in competitive games. The The last three games, they lost by 29 to the Pelicans. Uh, he was terrible, by the way, also. That was, a, that was a revenge game spot for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, the game after they played against the Heat, he played 25 minutes, and that was only a seven-point game. However, they also got down big in the fourth quarter, and they needed to get a bunch of shooting on the court to get themselves back into the game. And then last game, he only played 22 minutes, except they lost to the Knicks by 22 points. So I'm just not sure if this game is competitive, are we going to see DeMarcus Cousins get back to around 30 minutes as a starter? Or is just the plan now where it's like, hey, DeMarcus Cousins isn't playing very well. We don't want to give him a lot of minutes. And I can't tell what it is based on the results of the last three games because he generally hasn't played well. His minutes have been down, except the games have also been so non-competitive that we're not seeing starters on the court in the fourth quarter. So I gave DeMarcus Cousins 26 minutes for now. That makes him a good play, except there's such a wide range of outcomes here that DeMarcus Cousins could play 20 minutes and could be a bad play. He could also play 32 minutes and be one of the best center plays on the slate. I have no real good handle on his playing time, uh, but that also uh, based on his points per minute production, He's one of the higher upside centers on the slate. So he's definitely somebody I want to get GPP exposure to, uh, but wide range of outcomes and not somebody I want to be overly invested in and wouldn't feel super confident with him in cash games either. Swaggy P says, I am not touching Cousins for any reason at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I, under, I understand not feeling comfortable with him because like I said, I have no clue what to expect from his minutes today. The, the range of outcomes is somewhere from like 20 minutes to 32. Some also mention uh, a few people in the chat. You've kind of highlighted this already that uh, John Wall just too cheap to ignore. He's a guy you got to get in tonight. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's not that he's playing against his former team, but Victor Oladipo's out, Christian Wood is out. So right there, we're getting extra minutes in usage for John Wall, and then it's just a favorable matchup because the Wizards are terrible. So let's go to Washington, and that in mind, they're again very similar to Houston. A lot of good plays on this side, and as Greg said, if there's a game to stack in terms of value and the like. This is probably it. I mean, I'm looking at Bradley Beal is projected for roughly six and a half times value by Alex, at least on DraftKings, for almost 60 fantasy points. You can look at uh, Hachimura, who's uh, in a great spot, almost 6x value. Same for uh, Denny here. Neto is, is 5 plus, 3,200 bucks for Mo Wagner. Certainly, if he starts again, he is projected for almost 7x value. Now, I don't know if he's going to start again, but based on what he did yesterday, can't imagine he's not going to. So, uh, how many of these guys do you want to make an effort to get to, though? Yeah, uh, so the primary play is definitely Bradley Beal. Uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall, the two of them are going to be in a lot of my lineups together tonight. And even though things could change over the course of the day, that's something that's not going to change for me. I'm going to get a bunch of exposure to John Wall. I'm going to get a bunch of exposure to Bradley Beal. Because uh, I am assuming right now that Russell Westbrook will not play. This is the tail end of a back-to-back. -back. Russell Westbrook has not been playing in back-to-backs recently. Um, the only thing that could change, I'll, I'll take this back. The one thing that could change with Bradley Beal is if Russell Westbrook ends up playing right now, I just assume that's not going to be the case based on how they've handled him in back-to-backs this year. As long as he's out though, Bradley Beal is a great play. Uh, Howell Neto, the last time that, that Westbrook was out, 
Neto only played limited minutes. However, he was also on a minutes restriction that game. Now for this game, Neto, I don't expect him to have a minutes restriction and Ish Smith is out. So that's going to mean that more of the minutes have to go to Howell Neto. So Neto is a really strong value play. Bradley Beal is a great payup option. And then, like you said, uh, Mo Wagner started yesterday against the Celtics. He ended up having a pretty strong game. Wagner's always been a guy who's produced pretty well on a points per minute basis. He only played 22 minutes against Boston, but I'm sure it's a game that, as Kaufman's well aware of, the Celtics were not really all that competitive in. It was a game where the Celtics really got their asses kicked. Jason Tatum had one of his worst games of the season. I think he finished with like six points or something like that. So if that game was more competitive, I think we could have seen Wagner play more extended minutes. But since the game was so one-sided, Washington just didn't have to push their starters to play a ton. I don't appreciate this repeated (laughs) self-slander. I'm not saying any of it is wrong. I just don't appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean, slander, it, it, just by definition, if it's if I'm just if I'm just saying the facts, right, it's, it's not like it's not like I'm coming. It, wouldn't it be worse if I just came out and said the Celtics played their best game of the season and got and still got waxed by the Wizards? Like that would yeah, be a, that, that would be a much worse case scenario. That is a team that has a real problem, a collection of them right now here in this uh, pandemic, slightly shortened year. But um, before we go on to the next game, obviously, just uh, I, I don't know, be in, in your optimal build right now, anyway, how many guys do you think you would have from that game, just from a stacking perspective? Um, like over the course of my lineups or. Uh, no, not, not how many are you getting to in general, but you know, I, I don't know if you're, if you're building out a, a few top lineups that you really care about, how many of those guys are jumping out to you versus the other, you know, handful of games that we haven't even gotten to yet. Yeah, I mean, if you're making a high upside GPP lineup, like you could reasonably say that you're going to have John Wall, Eric Gordon, DeMarcus Cousins, and then like Bradley Beal and Howell Neto and uh, maybe like even Mo Wagner in the same lineup together on DraftKings. And then you hope that obviously Fandle is a little bit different because of positional eligibility. You can't mm. get uh, multiple centers into the lineup. But yeah, I mean, just in terms of a DraftKings lineup, if, if you, I think it's very viable to get like, six guys from that game in there and then you hope that the game either shoots out and goes way over the total maybe it goes to overtime or something like that because this is a game that i i definitely think has a ridiculous amount of upside folks get access to all the great osmo plus tools that we have been referencing and content of course for nearly every dfs sport out there even nascar it's true you had fantasy cruncher for nascar yesterday helping out a bunch of people i imagine you can get osmo plus weekly pass for 29.95 this includes full access to all the premium content and tools on osmo.com including player projections we keep talking about those ownership projections our premium slack channel so much more lineup builder fantasy cruncher the list goes on and on if you're only looking to play nba that's okay that's available to you sign up now for our weekly nba package it is only 16.95 a lot of great offerings a lot of great stuff and we're going to continue to highlight it as we look at some of these other games as i mentioned a handful to get to in about 25 minutes to do it so let's go to the next one atlanta and new york we begin on the hawk side where uh, this game is certainly not as appealing as the last one that we talked about or even necessarily the one before that you know trey young probably not a guy that i would get to tonight maybe you disagree john collins i always like him i think he's in a good spot uh you could pay down danilo gallinari is an option don't necessarily want a clint capella tonight um you know cam reddish probably not so I, i don't know do you disagree with any of that uh, I think on FanDuel specifically, Gallo's a decent play at 4,500. But on the whole, this is not a game that I want to look at. And the reason is because the matchup against the Knicks is not nearly as appealing as I think. Well, at this point, people are probably hip to the fact that the Knicks are a good defensive team and play at a slow pace. Uh, but in the past, it's been a positive matchup against the Knicks. It's not the case this year. The total for this game is set at 216.5. So that's the lowest total on the slate by a few points. Uh, there's actually only two games with a total under 225 for the slate, and one of them is this Knicks-Hawks game. The other one is the Clippers-Heat game that we'll talk about later. Uh, so Gallinari, just because his price point on FanDuel is worth getting to, but then you look at Trey Young and you look at some of the other guard options that we've already talked about on the slate. We have Bradley Beal. When we have uh, James Harden without Kevin Durant, there's a lot of guys that are just going to project way better than Trey Young, and it's going to make it that he's not somebody I'm going to get to in my lineups. Keep on hitting that like up over 100. Appreciate you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the New York side, it's really, it's it's top heavy if you're going to get to anyone, right? It's Julius Randle, it's Nerlens Noel, and after that, it's a bunch of guys that you probably don't want to play. And Noel's a, a great value play, I should mention as well. About 6x value projection, 4400 bucks on DK, and projected for almost 30 points. Yeah, Noel is is a great play on uh, both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, so the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson has a fractured hand. He underwent, or he underwent surgery. He's expected to be out uh, either sometime until the end of March slash early April. So Nerlens Noel is going to start at center for the Knicks uh, in the meantime. Uh, last game, Noel started. He played 32 minutes, ended up scoring uh, right around 25 fantasy points. So that was a decent outcome where he was priced at uh, 4000 I think it was on both sites. It wasn't necessarily blowing the the doors off or anything like that, but still over 30 minutes for Nerlens Noel, a guy who, who has historically always scored right around a fantasy point per minute. Like you said, that's why that that projection right around 30 fantasy points makes sense because he's somebody who played over 30 minutes last game and has historically always averaged right around or a little over a fantasy point per minute. So we're putting him in a plus matchup against the Hawks. I think it's very reasonable to expect around 30 fantasy points for Nerlens Noel. Considering his price point, that makes him one of the top plays on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, Julius Randle also benefits a little bit from Mitchell Robinson being out. He was already playing a ton of minutes earlier in the season. Uh, that's waned a little bit recently, except the Knicks don't really have any choice other than to play Julius Randle big minutes now that Mitchell Robinson's hurt. As for the guards and the wings on the Knicks, it's going to be impossible to predict. They have Alfred Payton getting minutes. They have Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, RJ Barrett, Reggie Bullock. There's so many guys in that backcourt to give minutes to that I just don't know who it's going to be on a day-to-day basis. There's better value plays on the slate. So all of them are players to avoid for me. Uh, it's Nerlens Noel is the primary option, and then Julius Randle more as a FanDuel-specific play, power forward. There is some Rose and Quickly love in the chat, some uh, uncertainty as you highlighted as well. So I don't think anyone necessarily feels compelled. There's one person that's not even relevant to this game that uh, just really wants to play Sadiq Bey tonight, even though he's not playing, just wants to show his support after uh, so many people said to fade him yesterday. This person keeps mentioning it. I figure I'll bring attention to it. Uh, yeah, uh, Sadiq Bey will score less fantasy points today than he did yesterday. Very yeah. confident in that. Yes, and maybe even less than Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, how about Philadelphia and Utah here, which uh, I think is a basketball fan is a compelling game. You've got a couple of conference leaders. I don't know how interesting a fantasy game it necessarily is, but that's why I defer to you. We start with Philadelphia. I think based on the options that are out there, I'm not looking to necessarily get to a Joel Embiid or a Ben Simmons. Maybe it's Bias Harris. Uh, maybe uh, even though I hate playing him because I just never trust him maybe a Danny Green, but how do you feel about the uh, Sixers side of things? Yeah, it's hard to know because Joel Embiid is questionable to play. He has a back injury. So, I mean, his status is so much weight on this game. I, I tend to think he's more likely to play than sit. Uh, Utah is a very tough matchup. If, if Joel Embiid's out, the Sixers might as well just punt the game because they're probably going to get crushed by the Jazz. The Jazz have won something like 16 of their last 17 games, and they've just been a, a really tough defense to score fantasy points against. So, if Joel Embiid's in, then I think it's really easy to fade the Sixers. If he's out, I still don't really like the Sixers all that much, except I would probably have a little bit of exposure to guys like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. Even in games where Joel Embiid's been out, the front court minutes have been kind of difficult to predict between Tony Bradley and Dwight Howard. Uh, they've, tw- they've started Dwight Howard in some of those games. They've started Tony Bradley in some of them. But even the guy who started hasn't, hasn't been locked into big minutes. Sometimes it's been the bench guy. Sometimes it's been the starter. Sometimes they've just gone to small ball lineups and they've played Matisse Thibault at center or they've played, um, they've played, uh, what else have they done? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I remember they played Thibault at center. They've also played some lineups where just been like Tobias Harris plays, not necessarily the five, except they've played really small lineups where it's limited both Howard and Bradley to play under 20 minutes. And it's meant that neither of them were viable options. So it looks like there's going to be enough value on the slate that even if Embiid's out, I'm not going to necessarily look at Dwight Howard or Tony Bradley as, as as really strong value plays that they have been in the past in games that Embiid was out. Now, on the other side for Utah, and I, I don't know, part of it is do you expect a blowout? I mean, obviously, the way you look at this game now could evolve. Like you said, if Embiid doesn't play, you might think, okay, Utah's going to blow doors, and therefore some of these guys aren't as appealing. Some of these other guys who are, are more reserves are more appealing because someone's got to play the minutes and starters aren't going to be out there as much. But as we look at it right now, 
Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, you know, Royce O'Neal, maybe uh, Boyan Bogdanovich as well. You can make a case for any of these guys, but how many would you genuinely be interested in playing? Yeah, so this is a game that is more FanDuel relevant to me than DraftKings, at least the Utah side of the game. Uh, the key here is that Mike Conley has been ruled out with a hamstring injury. They actually ruled him out in advance of this game, which is uh, kind of nice. The other games, he's been listed as questionable all day. Uh, so on FanDuel, Jordan Clarkson is still priced at 5500 and Joe Ingles is priced at uh, 4900 So on FanDuel, I think both those guys are appealing options because both of them benefit with Mike Conley out, and they just haven't been priced appropriately yet. So if you compare that to the DraftKings price of these guys, Jordan Clarkson is priced at 5900 and Joe Ingles is priced at 5700 So there's a price gap in, in the two sites between both of these players, and the FanDuel price is just much cheaper than the DK price, and it's it's not quite correct. So Jordan Clarkson, who I don't understand how he hasn't been priced up more on, on FanDuel. He's been the most popular shooting guard basically every slate since Mike Conley's been out, and they haven't really moved his price at all, and he just has played a bunch of really big games, and uh, they haven't adjusted it enough, and that's led to him lending, uh, ending up in the offensive lineup a bunch of times. So Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, those are guys to look at, but only FanDuel-specific plays. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, not guys I'm looking to pay up for on the slate. Someone says in the chat, uh, the Atlantean, maybe. Uh, Nerd-ass Greg, a 150K Friday, baby. What's what's the Atlantean? I don't even know what that. I don't even know what that's a reference to. Using username. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, I thought this was a Trey Young thing. No, 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 no. I don't know who it is, but someone they they want you to know. Maybe they're thanking you, thanking you for all your wise advice and tutelage. Well, it probably had more to do with you than me. I, I appreciate I appreciate the thanks, <laughs> except I can't I can't take credit to anybody else's the the money that they end up winning. Congratulations. Or at least if they do, you want to cut. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that either. Percentage points, like an agent. Yeah. No. In. Be happy. Enjoy. Have fun and keep tuning in. Cleveland and Golden State. We got a few more games to get to here. You got uh, on the Cleveland side first, Andre Drummond, who I think more often than not is obviously a very good play. He's 7,600 bucks on DK. He's almost 6X projected value, right around 45 fantasy points by Alex. And then uh, you could pay down Darius Garland, who's coming off a really strong game. He's projected for 30 plus, again, 5.5X value. Uh, Colin Sexton, Jared Allen, kind of between them, uh, certainly salary wise, but also projection wise. Um, Drummond and Garland are probably the more appealing place to me. You could pay down for a CD Osman as well, but how do you view it? So Andre Drummond is very similar to Marcus Cousins on the slate because I have no clue what to make of his minutes. Uh, Drummond rested in yesterday's game. He is uh, expected to play today. I assume he's going to start the last two games. Andre Drummond has played 16 minutes and 17 minutes. And before that, he played 36 minutes and 30 minutes. His minutes are so all over the map ever since they traded for Jared Allen that I also have no clue what to make to him, uh, make of him on a game-to-game basis. As of right now, he's projected to be the highest-owned center on FanDuel, uh, nearly 50% ownership. That's a very high number. And on DraftKings, he's projected for much lower ownership at 12%, which makes sense because he's 7,600 on DraftKings. He's 6,500 on FanDuel. So I, what I'm going to do here is number one, I'm going to pay attention to what the ownership is during the day. And then I'm also going to look to see what the starting lineup is for Cleveland as the as the day goes on, because I don't even know that Andre Drummond's going to start for them. I They, they have Jared Allen in the mix. Jared Allen's played so much better than Andre Drummond since they traded for him. Uh, I think at that kind of ownership for Andre Drummond, it would be it would be tough it would be tough to fade him in cash games on FanDuel, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of uncertainty there. If he's going to be 80, 90% owned in cash games or something like that then you just play him for the upside uh, because I think that the price point at 6,500 is too appealing Uh, in tournaments. If this ownership holds at 43%, I'm going to have him on a player pool, but I'm going to be underweight to the field on him. I can't, I can't reasonably play somebody at nearly 50% ownership. That's played 16 and 17 minutes in the last two games. Uh, So very similar with the Marcus Cousins situation. Andre Drummond could play 18 minutes again tonight. He could play 35 minutes, and there's very little rhyme or reason to how the Cavs are running their Senate rotation. Um, maybe the rest Jared Allen tonight, and that offers us a little bit more clarity on the situation because Drummond rested last night. But as it stands now, it's it's a really difficult one to predict minutes for. 
or dude Jordan's in the chat, our producer, telling you all to smash the like button because uh, if you don't, I mean, he is the one here who has the power to just turn us off. He could just shut down the show. He'd just say, you know what? Meeting closed, closing the Zoom or, or wherever. He, you know, we're not going to do it anymore. So you should hit the like. You should do it. He's out there. He's threatening. He's got a lot of power. We can't let Jordan, you know, wield this kind of power, Greg. But he's got it. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, it's it, he's he's done crazy things. Like people don't even realize he controls my power, my internet. There's times he gets unhappy with certain plays I recommend or whatever. He just shuts off the power to my entire town, and he's like, "All right, nobody." Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, "He'd be like, okay, you didn't like Steph Curry tonight. Well, guess what? Nobody's eating in your town tonight." And just he just <laughs> he just flips the switch. So yeah, you guys better like the video, so you'll feel the wrath of uh, producer Jordan Klein. I was gonna say, hopefully, some of you guys have those du- dummy lineups already built because if you're going in. <laughs> You know, from scratch, he'll just shut down the whole Osmo site. You guys want to use all those Osmo Plus tools? Nope. Not enough likes today, fam. Can't do it. Done. Crash. Smash that like, getting close to 150, about 700 people watching. So the other side of this game is Golden State. And there are some appealing plays, obviously. Steph Curry, always, I'm not saying he's a guy you got to get in tonight, but he's always a difficult guy to fade just because, you know, there is that 60, 70, even 80 point fantasy upside. Uh, Draymond Green, who uh, I personally don't like playing, but he is in a good spot. I just, I never trust. I never trust Draymond Green. Andrew Wiggins, uh, I think there's an element of that as well, just because he's not going to generally get you much more than points. And if he doesn't shoot well, then, you know, you're kind of screwed, quite frankly. Uh, you go down to uh, Toscano Anderson, who is obviously in a good spot right now with injuries there. Damian Lee is in a good spot. Probably wouldn't get Kelly Oubre in there, but how do you view this side? Well, first off, I'm just happy Draymond Green's playing. Uh, Draymond Green left uh, the Warriors last game around halftime with a knee injury, ended up coming back to play. If he was out, then we were going to have a situation where we we're going to have another Eric Pascal chalk slate, and nobody wants to deal with that again. Nobody nope. nobody wants Eric Pascal chalk. But we would have been, we could have a situation where there would have been no Draymond Green, no Kevon Looney, no James Wiseman, and it would have been Eric Pascal starting and finding a way to have another crappy game. So good thing we don't have to deal with that. Draymond, thank you for uh, healing up. I, at Draymond's current price point, he's gotten to be more expensive. I don't really have interest in it. Um, Steph Curry is somebody who I have a mild amount of interest in in DraftKings at 9,900. FanDuel at 10,500, I'm not going to get to him. But on DraftKings, he's going to be in my player pool, but more as a secondary play because I prefer James Harden, I prefer Bradley Beal, and I prefer Kyrie Irving as guard options to spend up for. So there's a bunch of guys that I'm prioritizing over Steph Curry. That's happened to me on a bunch of slates this year where there's just other guys that prefer a little bit more to Steph Curry. He's not going to be a fade to me, but not somebody I'm going to get to any more than probably like, I don't know, five to 8% of lineups. Before we uh, move on to the next game, we've got about 10 minutes, 12 minutes left here in the show. We've got some news. Sham Sharania, the athletic and uh, you know, doesn't have a fantasy impact for tonight. Well, maybe it will, I guess if Drummond doesn't play the Raptors and Cavaliers are engaged in active talks on a potential Andre Drummond deal to the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, so that actually, think about this. Andre Drummond didn't play last night, right? He rested. Andre Drummond isn't a guy who normally rests. That kind of makes me think, was was part of the reason he rested last night because of uh, be, because they knew this potential trade was going on? Uh, so let me look at the Cavs really quick, because I didn't consider the potential that Andre Drummond wouldn't play again tonight. Um but if he's out, we could assume Jared Allen's going to start again. Jared Allen would make for a, a good play then. Um, JaVale McGee, who to a lesser extent would uh, at least be viable because JaVale McGee is a good uh, points per minute fantasy producer, and he would probably be looking at something similar to what he played yesterday. He played uh, He played how many minutes? He played 16 minutes yesterday, which isn't necessarily great, except he still scored 23 fantasy points yesterday in 16 minutes. So if we could get... Uh, you know, 20 plus fantasy points for JaVale McGee at his minimal price tag that would make him viable. Uh, I, I didn't really put a lot of thought into this because I didn't consider a situation where Andre Drummond wasn't going to be playing after resting today. Well, after here's, resting here's last your night. news. Adrian Wojnarowski uh, reporting with Brian Windhorst. Cleveland Cavaliers are no longer planning to play Andre Drummond as they work to trade the two-time All-Star. Okay. So that's going to update some projections, obviously, wherever you find them. And obviously we always zero in on Alex is here at Osmo, but, uh, you know, go on with the good plays tonight and get Drummond out of those builds. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, what, what timing? Do they know that we just finished talking about the Cavs game? And they're like, hey, guess what? Everything yeah, we talked about. Even, yeah. We're not, not we're not like going to have any of the middle of the anymore. show. We're on that game specifically. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Was, so 
Um, I'll have to put more thought into this and rework the rotation, except Jared Allen for sure is going to be the primary guy to consider. He's going to be a chalk play now in both FanDuel and DraftKings and one of the best power forward plays on FanDuel for sure. All right, so get your questions in. Yeah, I mean, Brushfire saying is Jared Allen the move then? Looking like it at this moment, obviously. Um, But stay with us, and there's a lot of great commentary coming your way and and shows over the course of the day. Just to remind you, you got – the tip-off uh, a little bit later on, 4 o'clock Eastern, NBA Deeper Dive. Uh, Laffey will be uh, along for that. That's at 5 o'clock, NBA Live Before Lock. Uh, you will have uh, Spags and Josh at 6, Spags and Emac with the NBA Late Slate Live Before Locks. There's, uh, you know, uh, you're on the tip-off, obviously, as well. There's uh, there's a lot of great commentary and, and uh, lineup-building strategy that's coming your way here on Osmo and the YouTube page and, you know, podcasts and the like over the course of the day. So, a lot of great stuff could change. Uh, Jordan says, uh, damn, I thought I was getting bought out or he was getting bought out. You could be bought out too. You know, it, it, it wouldn't cost that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next game here as we've got about 10 minutes to work with. The uh, Heat and Clippers. Now on Miami first, uh, there's not a lot here, I don't think. I mean, it's Jimmy Butler, obviously the guy that you want to consider. I don't think it's a great spot for Bam Adebayo necessarily, or or Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olynyk, Demarcus Robinson. You know, you just or Duncan Robinson. Pardon me, Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> Duncan Robinson. You just keep on going down. But it's really, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler or bust on that side for me. Yeah, and so here's the deal with Jimmy Butler. He is a slightly more favorable play on DraftKings than FanDuel, 8,200 on DK, 8,900 on FanDuel. How viable he is depends on the status of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for me because if both those guys are out, this becomes a way easier matchup than it would normally be for Jimmy Butler going up, up against the Clippers. If both of them play, then I don't really have much interest in Jimmy Butler, uh, but the 8,200 price tag, at least on DraftKings, it assumes that he's in a difficult matchup against the Clippers and is playing against one of the two stronger perimeter defenders in the league in Kawhi and Paul George. If those guys are out, this is no longer a tough matchup for Jimmy Butler. So uh, this is, and we're going to have to talk about this when we get to the Clippers side in a minute. Also uh, the status of Butler is going to depend on the status of Kawhi and Paul George. All right. So let's go to the Clippers side and as things stand right now, I mean, obviously you've got uh, Leonard projected to play. George is not currently projected to play, um, but you know, things can change in a hurry. Kawhi, not in a great spot. Serge Ibaka is uh, really the only one Alex has here anyway as, as a good value opportunity. Maybe Nick Batum as well. But naturally, as you've noted, I've noted, you know, we've said a thousand times on this show in general, pay attention to who gets, you know, ruled in, ruled out, because that just opens up all sorts of value. And maybe you get another, you know, Lou Williams chalk day <laughs> with what he did yesterday. But who stands out for you for the clips just as, as based on what you know right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know nothing right now. We got we got two of the two of the best players in the league. Are we've we've no clue what their status is. Kawhi was unexpectedly ruled out for last night's game. I tend to agree with what some people in the chat were saying earlier. I think Kawhi is probably more likely to play today uh, than than not. Uh, I don't really think this is a serious injury. We don't we, even though we don't have information on it. I think it's just this was a back to back situation played against the Cavs yesterday. It was a game the Clippers knew they could win with or without Kawhi Leonard. So like, Hey, let's, let's try to ease him on a back-to-back. We have a tougher game tomorrow against the heat. So they sat Kawhi yesterday, Paul George. It's hard to know just because we don't have an updated injury report on him yet. And then last night before the game, when Ty Lue was asked, what's an updated status on Paul George, he said, I've been fixated on the health of Kawhi Leonard. I haven't even checked in on Paul George. So I don't know. So that has me thinking he's questionable to play tonight. Maybe he sits, maybe plays. I don't know, but we need more information here. Like you said, if both of them are out, we could see another Lou Williams night. He was really good last night at 30 points and 10 assists. Uh, carried a really big usage rate. Also had the ball in his hands a ton without Kawhi and Paul George out there. So he would be somebody to look at. Uh, Nick Batum as well. He didn't play well yesterday, except in general, I think we could expect an increased role for him when there's no Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, so, yeah, we, ju- we just need to see what the injury report is and who's in or out. Got to tell you, before we go to our last game, the uh, Nets and Kings, the amount of disrespect for Andre Drummond in the chat right now is just off the charts. I mean, I'm not saying the guy's worth his salary. He's not. I'm actually a little bit surprised that Cleveland's even able to unload it. And I'll be curious to see what that deal looks like if, in fact, he goes to the Raptors or somewhere else. But it's not like the guy sucks. Like, oh, he does. He No, he sucks. I don't he think sucks. he does. Oh, he does. He's hollow stats for him. Yeah. So Andre Drummond uh there's also do you remember what Andre Drummond got traded for last year I don't nothing 
Like he was he the, 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 the he got traded for it, it might have been a second round pick. It might not have even been that. It might it might have just been dead contracts to just to just take him because teams were terrified that he was going to end up opting into his contract. He's if if the Raptors trade for him, I would be shocked if they give up anything of value for Andre Drummond because he doesn't he doesn't have value. He uh, well, like I said, that's more about his contract and less about the player. I mean, no, he's it's nowhere a, it's, near worth what his contract is. I'm not saying that. It, it's also about that, the, I, it's also about the player though because he plays an outdated position. He's well, in um, today's NBA. Yes, he he plays uh, number one. He he can't shoot, so he doesn't stretch the court. And then the other issue too is that he's not a good defensive player. So there's kind of this thought that he's a good defensive player because of the because of his block and and rebound stats. Uh, but all right, so I have I was on off court numbers up right here. Mm-hmm. The the Cavaliers allow three point seven less points per hundred possessions when Andre Drummond is off the court. The mm-hmm. other thing also to consider is they have Jared Allen, who's a much better player in my opinion than Andre Drummond. So it, it's not to say the drone doesn't belong on an NBA roster, except he's just kind of okay. Like he's, he's a rotation player. And I think there was a point when he was thought of as a guy who was kind of a building piece of a team, except it was when he played uh, a position and a certain style of game that was valued more heavily than it is now. Sure. And he's somebody who he's capable of blocking shots and steals, but there's nobody with a bigger gap between their fantasy value and actual life value to a team than Andre Drum because he's a very valuable fantasy asset but then you look at some of the numbers for the Cavaliers with him off the court and it's like well they're better when he's not playing and the Cavaliers already suck as a team so I just I just don't think he provides much value to a team that's actually looking to win games at this point yeah I am King Sosa says a person that can get you uh 20 and 20 does not suck he said it's it's more about contract and fit it's not entirely the player uh, let's see. Uh, Brandon says, I agree with Adam. His contract is crazy large. If he made 10 million with his skill set and production, he'd be much more respected. Uh, Michael, he doesn't suck. He's not an all-star, but he can contribute. Uh, then, you know, you've got some other people, obviously on the other side, including even some saying trade him for a washing machine. Yeah. Which uh, that might be too much for him. I, let's see, <laughs> let's see what the Raptors actually give up for him because yeah. I mean, la- last year he got traded for basically nothing. Yeah, I'd have to uh, pull up exactly what it was. But let's go to our, our last game here. And before we do, I want to remind you, stay up to date. And, you know, couldn't be more relevant, it feels like, based on just some of the stuff we've been talking about here in this hour. Normally, you know, we, we always know every single day news is going to change over the course of the day and be prepared for it. Very rarely does stuff start to happen during the 10 o'clock Eastern hour. But here we are finding out that Drummond likely not going to play and what value Jaron Allen and the like is going to come up in Cleveland. Never mind all these guys that are questionable as things stand right now. Stay up to date on the latest NBA DFS news with our Osmo NBA Twitter handle. Okay. Osmo NBA, our guy news God, who is uh, hanging out here in the chat as he always does. will be delivering the latest on injuries, starting lineups, minutes, limits, and more daily before lock. Make sure give Osmo NBA a follow. Also check out news God's Twitter handle. That is news God N E W Z God underscore DFS catch Ship My Money's deep dive article. It's free this season to prepare you for the slate, and it's a must-read if you are playing NBA DFS tonight. I hope for uh, Adam's sake he has not started writing that yet, at least for some of these games, because a lot is going to change. Let's go over to uh, what I always think is uh, an interesting team to talk about. That is Brooklyn, Sacramento on the other side, but first here for the Nets. No Kevin Durant, so you got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, even DeAndre Jordan, all in great spots. How many of them would you like to get to? Yeah, so, I mean, there's no Kevin Durant. He's dealing with the hamstring injury talked about a little bit earlier. It's not that hard to figure out here. James Harden's going to play a big role. Kyrie Irving's going to play a big role. Both of them are primary plays. Both of them are strong plays for tournaments, strong plays for cash games. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is also somebody who draws interest for me uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, they have less options to play small ball lineups without Kevin Durant in there. Uh, They've played a bunch of lineups with Kevin Durant at center this year. That's no longer an option. The other thing, too, is with the Nets struggling on defense, they made a little bit of a change to the rotation last game uh, or two games ago because DeAndre Jordan missed last game due to personal reasons. But the last time we saw him play against the Pacers, Jordan played 37 minutes, and it was also by far the Nets' best defensive effort of the season. They only ended up allowing 94 points to the Pacers. And something we've seen over the last week or so where Steve Nash has said we need more of DeAndre Jordan from a defensive standpoint. The Nets have been a disaster on defense for a lot of the season. And I don't think DeAndre Jordan is anywhere near the player he used to be. 
But still, if you look at this roster and the other options they have at center, for them to be even below average on defense, just to avoid being a total void on the defensive end of the court, they need to get something out of DeAndre Jordan. So I think we look at the 36 minutes he played the last game he was active. I don't expect that to happen, except there's at least a ceiling for minutes that makes me want to get him into lineups. Got more than 700 people watching, folks. Smash that like almost to 200. Get us to 200 before we get out of here. So what else on this Brooklyn side, or is it just top-heavy for you? Yeah, it's just top-heavy. I mean, still, even with Kevin Durant out, so much of the usage goes to James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I mean, when all three of them are there, that's basically where all the production comes from. But Mm -hmm. with him out still, Kyrie Irving and James Harden are high enough usage players that the two of them are going to soak up a lot of the production. So in terms of usage, I expect almost all of it to go to James Harden and Kyrie Irving. That's going to take away most of the ancillary players out of the mix, other than DeAndre Jordan, just because he doesn't need usage to put up fantasy points. He's going to pull down rebounds. He's going to block some shots, and his price is relatively cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings. So DeAndre Jordan is the role player that I'm willing to get to, and then uh, nobody else really as of now. A lot of drumming jokes. A lot of drumming jokes in the chat. And now there's Blake Griffin jokes. People are just having themselves a time with washed former NBA stars. All right. So for Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley Jr., you know, probably mo- most appealing options, at least to me, as opposed to, say, uh, Harrison Barnes, a buddy healed, you know, Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes. It's for me, it's more Fox and Bagley. What about you? Uh, I have mild interest in De'Aaron Fox just because of the matchup. However, he's also been priced up uh, quite a bit on FanDuel and DraftKings. He's 8,900 on DK, and then on FanDuel, he's 8,700. Um, so I have him projected pretty well. However, once again, it's it's still the issue of we have James Harden to pay up for. We have Kyrie Irving. We have Bradley Beal. So there's all these other options that De'Aaron Fox is somebody who's kind of more just a correlation play if you have a lineup with Kyrie Irving and or James Harden. I throw De'Aaron Fox in there and you hope like, hey, if this game shoots out, if it's really high scoring, you have to expect a lot of that production to come from De'Aaron Fox from the Kings side. But just in terms of a points per dollar perspective, he's he's not somebody that I could prioritize highly on this league, given all of the other strong payup options. So De'Aaron Fox, somebody who I'm probably going to end up with in, you know, like five to 10 percent of lineups, but not somebody I'm going to go out of my way to, to jam into there either. Anyone else on that side? No, uh, we do have, I know you mentioned him, Marvin Bagley's questionable play with a calf mm-hmm. injury. If he's out, uh, then we're going to see some extra minutes go to probably Rashawn Holmes. He played reasonably well yesterday. Hassan Whiteside could enter the rotation, uh, but still n- not guys that are going to be uh, priority options for me. And then guys like Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, uh, those are guys that are, that are already priced up right now. Dom in the chat is challenging you to a heads up and uh, El Negro Loco is offering to stake him. Okay. <laughs> in huh uh just to give give you the uh the final i I looked it up i was curious um the andre drummond trade taking place uh just one year ago almost to the day year and a week so drummond from uh the pistons to the Cavs for john henson brandon knight and a 2023 second round pick all right well there we go that's the market value for uh for andre drummond it might be less now actually it could it could be less, but at least as of a year ago, and all, it only takes one dumb team to make an offer. But as of last year, they sur- they scoured the market. They they took teams from they took calls from everybody. That was the best that was the best offer available for Andre Drummond. They could get. Uh, and by the way, John Henson uh, hasn't really played since. Uh, he played scarce minutes for the Cavs last year, uh, for for the Cavs and the Pistons last year. Uh, Knight, I'm almost positive, hasn't played at all this year. Um, and the, the second round pick in 2020, it's probably even a protected second round pick for, for all we know about what that is. Like the, the trade value for Andre Drummond is, is actually nothing. Yeah, it's the 2023 second round pick, least favorable of Cleveland's and Golden <laughs> State's 2023 second round picks. So there you go. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, so before we go then, is there – I don't know. Let's let's just project ahead. Let's say he goes to Toronto, and I'm not even talking fantasy. I'm talking actual basketball. Do you like him there? If you know, if you're the Raptors, and even if they don't give up much for him, I don't know. Let's say it's like Aaron Baines and a pick or something like. I, I don't. The money has to work too. So I'm not going to pretend that you know I, I I've got these two salary cap charts in front of me. So whatever. They don't give up much. Clearly. Does, how much does he help that team in actuality more than on paper as a fantasy performer? How much does he help that team on the floor or doesn't he? Because this is still a Toronto team. It's, it's not Kawhi's Raptors, but this is still a team that, you know, has aspirations to be a contender in the East. 
Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think he would help them really much at all. I mean, it helps because he's above he's an above replacement level player, and the Raptors are thin in the front court. So I'm not going to pretend that he's so bad that he has no utility for them. But number one, it depends what they give up. Number two, though, I still expect their best lineups are probably going to be with Pascal Siakam at center. Like I think the best lineup for the Raptors. Uh, and, and by the way, also, I think Chris Boucher is a much better player than Andre Drummond. They're really struggling to get minutes for Chris Boucher, especially the more I think about it. No, I don't think he helps them at all. I'd rather just play Chris Boucher more minutes. All right. Well, something to think about. And who knows? I mean, by the time that the shows later on today roll around, uh, we could have a, a trade consummated and more to talk about. And certainly he'll be out of the projections and you can look at some of the uh, better fantasy options. So uh, final words here, just big overview who are some of your be it high priced or value plays as things stand right now, knowing full well hours more before things change. But uh, right now, who are some of your favorite plays tonight? Uh, so Jared Allen, who, I mean, when we talked about the Cavs, he wasn't even consideration at that point really, but now Andre Drummond not expected to play. So uh, Jared Allen, for sure. Uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall, both of them. Uh, Mo Wagner, assuming that he starts again for Washington, Um and then uh, one other player, um, oh, James Harden, who I yeah, didn't I mention. Yeah, so, mentioned Harden earlier. So, yeah, J- James Harden with no Kevin Durant. Okay, well, coming up the rest of the day, folks, uh, you'll get a, a little bit of a reprieve here, but in a few hours, a little less than that, 2 Eastern, it is the PGA DFS First Look Show with Jason and Jeff. Then at 3 o'clock, NHL Strategy Show, it's Jake and Terry. Uh, the tip-off will come around at 4 o'clock. Greg will be back for that with Eric, and that will take you until 5, right into the NBA Deeper Dive with Lafayette and Adam. Then it's Spags and Josh for NBA Live Before Lock. And then, of course, later on, 9 o'clock Eastern time, you get the NBA Late Slate Live Before Lock with Spags and Emac. So there's a ton coming up over the rest of this uh, day here on the Osmo YouTube page, the podcast as well. So make sure you check them all out. And again, monitor the Osmo NBA Twitter feed, NewsGod, NewsGod underscore DFS, and uh, just Adam ship my money, or ship my money, the uh, Adam's Deep Dive article. You got uh, a whole lot of great stuff coming at you over the course of the day here, and a lot is going to change, clearly. It's not just Drummond. A lot of guys getting ruled in, ruled out, and so on and so forth. So, Greg, pleasure, buddy. Always fun. See you again at this time next week, Kaufman. Look forward to it. I'll see you guys again on Thursday. Thanks to Jordan. Thanks for not shutting us down. We appreciate you, buddy. 